gentlemen, welcome to episode four. Today is a very special day because today is the first day that Charles and I are able to record in the same house. But due to Zoom te- technical difficulties, we are recording in different rooms. So really, it made no sense. <laughs> it made no sense for you to come over. You wasted. Yes, but it's nice. so close, so close. Yeah, and the funny thing is, my girlfriend is studying downstairs. And uh, me and you were just kind of sandwiched on either side of her, just fucking screaming. Uh, but here we are. And you may have just heard someone else laughing because we have our first guest. We have my buddy, very, very funny comedian, currently living in New York City. Graham K is here. Graham, how are you? Yeah. I'm good, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm, Graham, the last time I saw you, I think it was 4 o'clock in the morning and we were in a dog park. Yes. Yes, it was. It was, it was like not warm it was cold rain you could see our breath and it was raining and and we were we had a two small bluetooth speaker in the grass getting wet and uh we were just drinking whiskey and you just we you disappeared and came back and brought everyone pizza and man i just i i you you can do no wrong in my life no matter (laughs) i i I'll, I'll help you bury a body. That was the greatest thing anyone's ever done for me. Well, that's a nice uh, segue, which is called Let's Kill Charles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> my favorite segment. So, Graham, you were a Sense fan. Uh, and yes. There's been something on this podcast that we've kind of done because we are every week we are going over every team and it seems to be like the Sense were kind of out of it from the beginning. So, we kinda, yes. it seems like. It did seem every- that way. <laughs> yeah, that's, optically, that's yes. where it seems to be. Every time it's like we're like an hour in and we're like, we haven't talked about the Sens yet. So we were like, no, we want to we wanna tee you up and have you as our first guest. So how has this year been for you? Um, you know, it's not the saddest year. There's been a lot of really sad years in my life and also as a Sens fan. <laughs> and... <laughs> And um, this this one is it's it's not depressing because there's hope. So often, as a Sens fan, there is no hope. Um, and they, I think that personally, I feel like uh, our GM is really a talented scout and a decent and decent at making trades. And Stutzla was an absolute hit totally. and. So was uh, Kachuk. Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm excited actually for the future. And if you, and if you look at the way the season's trending, it's trending up. Like, it is, it does seem like they've been out of it the entire time, and they have. Um, it helps to win more than one game in the first 50 games of the season, um, but they have. I think they, like their home record in the last 10 games is like seven and one loss and two overtime losses or something crazy like that. Yeah. Like it's, There's yeah. There's been this thing, this fun thing where it's like they've been playing spoiler because last week when we were talking, we were like the Calgary Flames need to put up a good week if they're going to hang in here. And then boom, yeah. two games in a row, Ottawa just smokes them. Is that like becoming part of the identity of the team? Well, you did because every it seems like every three years there's like a new. I mean, I don't follow other teams as obviously as closely as I follow the Sens, but I know from like like 
I follow the Raptors pretty hardcore, but there's not like a moniker every three years that's attached to the team. Like there was like the scrappy, the pesky sends yeah. like a few years ago, like the sort of Hamburglar era. I don't know if you remember that, where that this guy. Crazy. How yeah, could we forget? It was like, the, it was like very like Jim Carrey-esque. Do you remember Jim Carrey, the, the, the mask, the net? The goalie Jim Carrey or the... The goalie Jim Carrey, the goalie Jim Carrey. His nickname was The Net. No, it wasn't The Net. It was The Mask. The Mask. Before that... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, before that, he was like the red light rascal, was he not? They had to look... You're thinking of of Andre Rassico, Andre Red Light Rascal. Oh. He was a a Habs goalie, a backup goalie who sucked. And they, he got scored on a lot, so he was red light. But he, then he was like, Rhett Rastico was like, no, it means because I stopped the puck. And I was like, no, because <laughs> you suck, Andre. <laughs> anyway, Jim Carrey won the Vesna Trophy, and it was like, oh, wow, who is this guy? And then the next, everyone figured that if you pass side to side, you can't stop the puck, so... Um, he was like out of the league and he like won the Vezina and like two years later he was you know making hamburgers Uh, but anyway the hamburger speaking of hamburgers is also he manages a McDonald's in Collingwood Ontario is that true? Uh, no but (laughs) (laughs) but he's definitely out of the league and he did win like 20 games in a row when the Sens were the scrappy Sens and now this year they're the they're, they're the sickos, and it's, like, awesome. So Charles it's has like, been wanting to talk about the sickos for weeks, and I yeah. have purposefully not educated myself on what that means. <laughs> so Because I wanted to learn about it on the podcast. So yeah. for me and anyone else who doesn't know what the sickos thing is, what what's going on? Okay. Now, um, feel free to jump in if I'm wrong. Uh, but I feel like, okay, this is, from my understanding, this is what, there, there is a cartoon in the New York Times, and there was a, and there's like a guy creeping through the window of a family home, looking at a family, and he's like this sicko, and he's just like a creepy looking guy, like, Neh. and then that became a me, outside of, like, before Ottawa, it just became a general internet meme where there's like a creepy guy at the window. And then it got appropriated by Sense fans that we're we're creep we're we're sick we're sick in the head that yeah. we love this stupid team even though we play in the worst arena in the middle of a cornfield like an hour outside of our city the the owner is the worst owner in sports he actively hates us <laughs> um, we will never win a championship we we don't have any we have to like. We're like the Montreal, we have like this Montreal Expos alchemy where we like draft perfectly and everyone's on rookie contracts. And maybe you know, in 1994, they, they looked like they were going to win the World Series. Then there was like a strike. Like that's what kind of right. what our, our best case scenario is like building a team through that way. And we, you have to be sick in the head to like like that team. It's like the, the games are awful to go to. Everything sucks. Every our, our best players, our best players leave. They're everyone's just bad. Daniel Alfredson, are like, oh. he's like the greatest player in franchise history, borderline all star. Uh, and he, he just left the 
like left the organization completely. They were like, do you want a job in the front office? He's like, no, I don't want to be associated with you. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, anyone who plays for the Leafs for like three minutes is like at the second intermission, like waving and holding a used car sign for a local <laughs> business. Yeah. It's just a sad state of affairs. I don't know if you know, like the, 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 the arena situation, there's like downtown, there's like this open swath of land, like right by downtown, like basically yeah. downtown, like ready to be developed. Perfect location. There's like our little weird subway that goes underground for, for like 10 feet is, is there. And, 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 and it's right by like the, the market. It's like, it'd be perfect. It, it makes no sense that there's this open piece of land for his, weird historic reasons. It's contaminated, you can die, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a bunch of chemical plants in like the thirties, just dumping chemicals. And, yeah. um, but anyway, I guess they figured out how to clean it up or something, but they're, so they're like, Ottawa has saved that land for the sense basically to build an, an arena because it because the the whatever the fuck they call it now is in the is it, it, it they they built it in the woods because they were like we're they own the land and they were like we'll develop around it ottawa will come to us and ottawa doesn't grow so it didn't <laughs> right and it's like there's still only a government one government here there's no more job like no more people are moving so anyway they like long story short they like had these big proposals and local other businesses came in and then, and they were going to do it and they were going to build this dope new arena with like, you know, a bunch of like shops and, and promenades. And I was like, we're all like, Ottawa, we're actually going to be something. We're going to, it's going to be nice. Nothing is nice. It's going to be nice. <laughs> and then Melnick just went crazy and sued the other guy and the other guy sued him. And then the, the mayor was like, everyone, please stop suing each other. Fuck <laughs> you. And so, so now there's please not going to be suing each other. Please stop suing each other. And so now there's not going to be an arena and we have to play in this stupid arena in the middle of the, in the middle of a cornfield. And the only reason why we have a team is because these guys who were on an adult hockey beer league together decided that they would lie to the NHL that they had money and they didn't. And then they got the team and then they owned the land out there and they wanted the land to be worth more money. So they built the arena out there. Oh my God. They, com they completely grifted the NHL and then they were able to get loans from banks and other partners once they got the bid, but they didn't have anything they said. There I, I literally was like, like a one guy owned like 10 car dealerships one guy owned like some land out there and like a, a price club or club, whatever the, whatever it's called now. Yeah. It, it's a team that's not supposed to exist. The reason it's, so it's like, I don't know. We're just crazy. We're just, I guess we, people in Ottawa are funny. I will say that because we're the forgotten city. Yeah. Toronto is bigger. Like, even though we're like one of the biggest cities in Canada, no one ever thinks of us so as true. a city. They just think of like this, the parliament. So it just, that, that kind of chip on your shoulder creates a funny group of people, I think. And that's why the sickos thing is funny. And every couple of years, we're like, yeah, I don't know. Charles, did you have anything about the sickos? Charles has been telling me, he's like, are we going to talk about the sickos this week? And I was like, it has been my favorite part of uh, this entire season so far. Just a little side story of being like, 
the fan base more or less regressing. And I love the trajectory. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the pesky sins because it seems like things just get more and more warped. So it's like the pesky yeah. sin. What's worse than being pesky? We are legit sickos. Yeah. Like, where do we go from there? It's like, yeah. well, it's like if it doesn't work out in three years, it's like, sense fans, we are psychopaths. And there's just people <laughs> challenging everyone in fights in the stands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have yeah. you ever missed the bus away from the arena? This is a, I've, I've gone to a couple of games in that arena, and, like, yeah. the amount of panic in the stands of people that are afraid to miss the bus back to the city, you can feel it. Like I've never seen anything (laughs) like it in a hockey arena where you're sitting down and like you're, you're a couple beers and you're enjoying a game. And then people start like murmuring. It's like, geez, you know, if they don't speed this up, we're going to miss the bus. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. come on. Yeah. Uh, You you have to take the city bus back because the parking is like, it's $30 for parking. So people are like, screw that. And they take the city bus and they're like, well, we have the fastest, we have, a, we have express lanes. And they're still, the bus can't leave because it's behind traffic of all the other cars trying to get out. And, um, and everyone's drunk on the bus. People piss on the bus. And, and it sucks because you like, if it's a, <laughs> buses aren't frequent enough. And, and it's just such, it's, it's such a poorly designed um, uh, a parking lot so everyone a 2-2 game three minutes left we gotta go we don't because if we don't leave Jesus. now we are gonna get it's gonna be an hour it's gonna be an hour and then we have to get out of the parking lot and then oh yeah we live on the east end this is the west end way in the this isn't even in the end this is off the grid we got it's gonna be another hour drive at 45 minute drive after that and and by the way i'm a public servant so staying up past 11 is illegal um charles last time okay so we were talking about the sands on the last episode and i was making the case that the prospect pool is great because it is yes like they have done an unbelievable job and Pierre Dorian is very good at that yeah and he's sick of throwing beer Man, the yeah. arm on that guy. Yeah. Holy I shit. That was awesome. Really whizzed that thing. I'm like, dude, your team sucks. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I was like, what are you so mad at? Did you put yeah. money on this game or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. It's like he was like shocked. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second, we're shit. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Our goalie has blue pads. Who's that guy they put in the other day? The oh, that's that's Anton Forsberg. Yeah. He's been on. He's been claimed on waivers four times this year. I, I, I don't know who he is, where he came from. There's just a man with blue pads with Peter Forsberg's name on his shirt. Yeah. And then Pierre Dorian was like, "This is the last straw." Oh shit! I can't believe that my team comprised of, of teens. <laughs> and journeyman 35-year-olds and a man uh, who has blue pads. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. Normally, you, get a, you at least they give you uh, a new helmet because then you got to break it. You gotta, you know, you don't have to break in a helmet. He's like, nope, I'm going to stick with the blue helmet. I gotta, it fits around my head. They couldn't get him like a white helmet or like a black helmet. <laughs> It had like another minor, it's like an East Coast Hockey League like logo on his fucking outfit. The uh, dude had to quarantine for two weeks, four separate times this season. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's who playing, they put in that. He was playing in in uh, Medelgorsk, <laughs> whatever that <laughs> that KHL team. What's it called? Magnetogorsk. Magnetogorsk. Metallurg. Metallurg. Very. I just pictured just a very cold factory. That's where they play. If they decommission that factory and clean up the land, you could build an arena there. It could be. It's like you're being you're being called up to the sands. Oh no. <laughs> no. Didn't they, didn't they find the Hamburglar in France? Andrew Hammond came from France. He was playing pro hockey in France before he yeah. played for the Sands. France is a fine hockey tradition. I don't know how you get sent down to France. Let me tell you something. My cousin. Uh, my cousin played pro hockey in Japan and France. So pretty, pretty good. Just let you know that he could either be playing in Japan or France. How old is he? Uh, he is, uh, he's probably about 35 now. So he, he might get picked up by the Sands after the he might get picked up. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin, Mickey Gilchrist, uh, former, he might still hold the record for Division Three. Uh, goal scoring wow. in the U.S. Yeah. yeah. That's a funny thing about people are like, if you're ever like anyone in the anyone in the NHL is bad, like if you put Andrew Hammond in that at a beer league game, we would oh, yeah. never, never once see MASH. Never once. Well, not in, not in that one season. Now I, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not a bunch of buff bourguignons. And it's just that <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so back to the prospect uh, thing you mentioned how good they are at drafting and stuff like that my question is always to senators fans is they have been historically good at prospect management until it's time to pay them even an rfa level like even when they're up for an rfa contract it's like nope so too bad get on the yeah. fucking bus leave the arena don't miss the bus you're gone type thing yeah, so yeah. i look at this roster and i'm like Ooh, the Tuchuk kid is coming up soon. Like, what's They'll what's that going to be? I, they're going to pay him. They're going to pay Shabbat, and they're going to pay. Uh, I mean, eventually they're obviously going to pay Stutzel, but they, they. I don't know what Melnick's actual financial situation is now, but historically, guys of that ilk get paid. It's like the Duclair type guys that mm-hmm. don't get paid. I think that they they kind of they really. When White is up again, he's not going to get paid. Um, that second tier. Uh, I mean, they did pay um, Carlson like when he was up for RFA. They they oh, gave him like so a, they yeah. gave him a nice contract. And and I I gotta say that trade looks so good now. Oh, I mean, does it ever? We, yeah. We thought we got Hose and yeah, man, it's, we got Stutzel. It's yeah. it's like yeah. and he like looks unbelievable. Think, I think we got Brown as well, or some other young young hotshot, like a guy who's going to be like a twenty goal scorer. Like it's great, it's very yeah. good. Uh, and so about Stutzel, we had a little gimmick here that we were going to do because we're just past the mid uh, the mid part of the season. So we were going to do, uh, and I know that you have to go soon, so we'll go relatively quickly here about our who we thought. Um, would win if there were, were NHL awards, but only for this division. So I don't know if you want to play this game with us. I'm happy. Okay, I, I I haven't been on top of outside Ottawa Senators uh, stuff this year. It's harder living in the States. 
Oh, no um, doubt, as, yeah. As I, as I would like to. I know a little bit about the Rangers and the Islanders and a lot about Ottawa. So, anyway. Well, um, I'll throw them at you. And if you want to pipe in, go ahead. And if not, okay. then, uh, then we will uh, – then no big deal. We will start – we'll start from the – from – Maybe the obvious ones. Hart Trophy. Charles, who you got? Hart Trophy is no contest. Connor McDavid. Yeah. 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 He's 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 running away in the in the with points, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's got like twenty points on the next guy that's not his teammate. So the guy yeah. beneath <laughs> him is ten points, but he's feeding him. So it's yeah, like obviously right. he's gonna be close. Right. So. Yeah, Tyson Berry's getting like puck shot in off his dick, and he's like leading the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that works for defenseman, Matt. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's being facetious. It's just fun to say. Okay, well, Dreisaitl is also an absolute horse, so yeah. it's it's like that has to be factored into the amount that I think people are always like, oh, it's all Big David, but Dreisaitl helps Big David yeah. also. Oh yeah. But anyway, Charles, who's your Vesna? My Vesna is, uh, a lot of people are going to say a different name than this, but I'm still giving it to Connor Hellebuck. He's going back-to-back in my books. I We planned to do this this last week, and we didn't, and I was going to say Demko, but now I'm going Hellebuck, too, just because he's playing a bit more, but he's doing real good. I think my reverse Vesna, which is an award I just made up, though, is going to go to, <laughs> I'm sorry, Graham, but Matt Murray. Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a, I was not, yeah, and then that's a bad signing. But it's and they tough. paid him. I know. <laughs> they paid Forsberg. I've been saying it for weeks. <laughs> or they should have at least bought him some pads. Yeah, Matt Murray. That is – man, you know, it's, I, I never bought into the whole Matt Murray was better than Flurry on the Penguins, and Flurry could be a Vesna winner this year. Yeah. You know. It's, it's shocking. He's, and, and they – I mean, they – Pittsburgh when Vegas came in, they, like, paid Vegas to oh, yeah. take Matt Murray and – yeah. In hindsight, that's looking real bad. Let's go a bit obscure. Let's go Selkie because I have a uh, a low-key sense pick to give some love here for the best defensive forward in the NHL. Charles, who mm. you got for your Selkie winner? This is probably a homer pick, but I'm giving the Selkie to Matthews if it's in the Canadian division only. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. If it's Canadian division only, that's my guy. If he's just He plays a 200-foot game like nobody talks about right now. Is Matthews, he's a, he's a good defensive player as well? Shockingly, yeah. The last two wow. years, he's been like, it's insane how good he's been defensive. It's like one of those guys that you just you just assume that he's not good. Anyone who's like really good at shooting, it's a big, it's kind of like hard to wrap your head around the fact that they're also good defensively. Yeah. But uh, he's awesome. I mean, he's talk incredible. about, I mean, like, can you imagine you, you got, uh, like you had the number one overall pick. Can you imagine it was Lafreniere or whoever the hell? Like that guy stinks. He's not Matthews looking good. Is, Matthews is awesome. Like that's like a actual number one overall home run. Like hit your wagon of this horse. He's the he's the best Leafs athlete I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I think he's the best in our yeah. He's he's just in our lifetime. Probably you'd have to go back to like I don't know, yeah. 1922, and some guy named like Hip K would be better than him. Yeah. For the <laughs> Do you think so? You think he's better than like? Obviously, you think he's better than Matt Sundin, and you think he's better than Daryl Sittler. I think if he were to retire now, um, I wasn't around when Sittler played, though. Yeah, he's not your lifetime, right? Yeah. But I mean, you, you went back to some guy from like the 40s who fought who fought Germans. Like I, I don't yeah, know. that's uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's true. Like I that. did go back to a <laughs> fictional yeah. character I made yeah. up. Uh, 
Super, he, super yeah, scores close. 46 goals while spending half the time <laughs> killing the Hun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame once and there was like a real deep cut. It was um, in the t- in like the 1910s and they were like, and the best player is one-eyed Woodward. And I was like, the best player only has one eye. Like, no, it's rude, he played for the Ottawa Senators. He, he played for the Ottawa Senators. No. His name was one-eyed Cy Denny, like S Y Denny. God yeah. damn. He's like, legends like him are the reasons <laughs> that give our team roots, okay? <laughs> it's the reason, like, why they were like, they brought back the name Senators because they won, like, a bunch of cups and then in, like, the 20s. Right. And then the, the, the uh, what do you call it? The Great Depression happened. And we didn't survive. Yeah. Did he play with an eye patch? I think what he did is he left the gaping hole open and the goalies would just throw up. (laughs) And that's how he was able to score. Something about intimidation factor in that period too, because like pirates weren't that far removed. No, no. You're like a hundred years away from pirate times. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, I you see a, a guy with ooze coming out of his open <laughs> dash wound. You're not going to pay attention to the puck. You're, that guy's going to score a lot of goals. I was Go looking up like one of those lists where basically it's some guys on the internet found a way to use numbers to evaluate who's actually good at defense, and some other names came up. Uh, Backland, Lynn Holm, uh, Petit Dano, friend of the podcast, not a friend of this podcast at all. We just keep calling him a yogurt. Uh, Dano in Montreal has had good uh, expectacles. Nick Paul is the guy in the Senators. What do you think? Uh, Nick Paul. Well, that, I mean, Nick Paul is like, that That makes me happy because this is like Nick Paul's first season, basically. Like he's played like 20 games, 30 games for the past couple of seasons, bounced between the AHL and, and so that makes me happy that he's just like doing something. He looks yeah, like he's a solid NHLer. Looks like a real NHL player. That's good. We gotta. That's good. That makes me happy. Because so, he he was he could have cracked the lineup for the longest time. <clears throat> yeah, because he's like twenty four, so he kind of broke in yeah. late. But uh, yeah, we got a few of those guys. Something. Yeah. So we have two minutes left in the Zoom, Graham, and I know that you have to go pretty shortly. Uh, two minutes. The floor is yours. If you'd like anything else to. Well, um, I begrudgingly, I think you know, I, I I hate the Leafs, but I think you guys deserve to win a championship. Uh, you have an absolutely stacked team. Makes me sick. Uh, your your goalies, <laughs> your goalies have the correct uh, color pads uh, every night. Every night. You don't even skip one night. Okay. And um, and I'm telling you, uh, Tim Stutzel will be. The uh, will be a top five player in the NHL within three years, and Ooh, he will stay that. He will stay that way for ten years. And will least. he resign with awesome. the Ottawa Senators? Absolutely not. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, any, uh, you know, what? we'll we'll leave you with this. Oh, and I should tell people to check out your special. Your specials on YouTube now. Is that right? Yes. Yes. If 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 uh, well, if, if you're in if you're in Canada. Um, it, it's uh, you, have, you have to watch it on Crave. If you're anywhere else in the world, you can watch it on YouTube. It's called Stupid Jokes. My Instagram is at Instagram K. The word Insta with my name, all in one word, Instagram K. Unreal. That's it. And uh, yeah, you're a you're a great comic, and you're a good. Thanks. Man. So are you coming on? Oh, buddy, I appreciate that. 
Yeah, any, you guys uh, are both really funny, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Any Thank last you. minute words for the Sens and Sens fans listening to us? Any words of comfort? I'm mostly being uh, overly negative for uh, for comedy. I think that we have uh, an unprecedented stockpile of young talent, and if they are willing to pay them to to keep these guys when their rookie contracts are over and their RFAs or whatever, I think that we got to have a good shot. I do not know who will be in that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, buddy. It was good to Thanks, chat. I'll miss you. You too. Miss you, man. Take See care. Bye. Okay. So Graham is gone. That was very fun. Let's go back to our awards. We're going to go now to our first made up award. Actually, no, we won't. We won't. We'll oh. go to the Norris. We'll go to the Norris. Uh, who's your Norris pick so far? And I think this is something that we should talk about. Oh my god, is that, this is generally hitting me. This is the first time we've done this in the same yeah, room together. We're, we're and like the fact that I can look at another. you and there's no yeah, delay or anything, it's so weird. So, okay. are you going to go first on Norris or do you want me to? I was just going to say on the Norris real quick, no one can quite agree if the Norris is like, does that mean you have the most points or does that mean that you're actually the most impactful defenseman? Which is what I'm trying to go. So, you can go first. Okay. I think if I were uh, if I were one of the guys that got a ballot to fill out, my number one vote for the Norris would be Jeff Petrie. Yeah. I think that the people who get those ballots are going to make their number one choice Tyson Berry. Those people can... I don't. Eat it. Yeah, I, and no I just. Way. Oh, it's it's all his points. I like, have Jeff Petrie too. Yeah, and okay. I think the fact that you and I, who are both Leafs fans, have picked a like not a big name Montreal defenseman, a thorn in our side, makes that not only a thorn in our side, but honestly, like I don't think he would get a vote, even though I think he deserves one. I think he's good, and I think he's underrated. His possession numbers are insane. He he is putting up a lot of points this year, for what it's worth. So I have him. I have for my, my additional nominees, I have Darnell Nurse, Ooh, yeah. Tyson Berry's partner, and I have Thomas Shabbat, who is playing uh, the length of the second Lord of the Rings movie every night in Ottawa, so you got to give it to someone. I feel I feel your addition to Darnell Nurse might be a little bit of like Tyson Berry post-traumatic Leafs disorder here, like where he left us and soured us so much and it was just like no not Tyson Berry his defense partner that's who gets my oh, vote oh yeah that's you think it's yeah. coming from spite yeah I think it's, it's all numbers spite. baby there's I think no it's emotion a spite here vote. I think it's a spite vote well let's talk about Tyson a little Barry's... bit of spite because let's bring Tyson Berry into this I have invented a new award and like the Selkie is the best defensive forward I have created an award for the best offensive defenseman it's called the Key Selk who do you have for this thing that I just made up? I have three names here. Okay, well, if it's the, if it's straight on paper the best offensive defenseman, well, you've got to give it to Tyson Berry. Pass. <laughs> no, this is, this is clearly... <laughs> okay, you might be right. I, yeah, might, like... I might have an axe to grind here. Yes. I don't think so, though. I think because I think Quinn Hughes... Oh yeah, Quinn Hughes. Okay. He has cooled down, but he's been uh, yeah. He's getting destroyed defensively, but is a magician offensively. And my third nominee is Morgan Riley. Okay, Morgan. Yeah, Morgan would get a nominee there. Uh, the thing is, like, how many top six forwards does Tyson Berry have more points than? That's a laundry list. Ooh, yeah, yeah, like that's a, that's the thing here, and that's why I think like 
Every year, there's two discussions. One is always about the heart, like it's the most valuable in the league or most valuable to his team. Mm -hmm. And then the other one's about the Norris. It's like, well, does it mean the best defenseman or uh, the the most points as a defenseman? And they do the same thing every year. They go most points with the defenseman and then they go most valuable to his team. Mm -hmm. So it could be like... Taylor Hall, who's 23 points back of Connor McDavid winning the heart because he dragged the corpse of the New Jersey Devils into the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I think this is why I said this is my argument for Quinn Hughes over Tyson Berry. Okay. Tyson Berry has the benefit of playing. I get. I I maintain that not not anyone, but pretty much there's three defensemen on Edmonton who, if you gave his power play usage to, they would put up that many points. Vancouver. Has not had Pedersen all year. Quinn Hughes has been zeroed in on, and he's still making shit happen. So that's why I give it to him. But I do think Tyson Berry deserves a bit of credit. But like I said last week, I don't think he deserves that much money. I'm <laughs> not paying him. I'm not I, paying honestly, him shit. Honestly. Not doing I, it. Part of me is like everyone... So everybody's like, oh my god, I'm, you know, Tyson Berry's not worth this. Tyson, I'm, I'm kind of regressing to like send sicko mode. Like he kind of... He, did, he didn't pan out for the Leafs, but I'm like... In the window, being like, yes, yes, five years, six million, yes, six years, yeah. seven million, because it's a like it's the Oilers cap situation just being murdered in front of our very eyes well, by Tyson Berry. You would be actually, you would be a great uh, said sicko, I think, because I think that you are better suited for life as a terrible Leafs fan. I think you're struggling with how good the Leafs are. I don't know if you. Uh, if- I, I, I liked how you're like. Tyson Barry's like, oh, absolutely not. And then if anyone were to check our group chat, it's like every time I get mad about the Leafs, Matt texts me like six things about biases. <laughs> I think it's important to know the weaknesses of your own brain. It's a gift. <laughs> okay, so Calder Trophy. Before we get to this, my the last and also made up award. Who do you have for the Calder Trophy? That's that's no contest. All three nominations go to Tim. In the Canadian division only. All three go to Tim Stutzler. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I got a hot take here. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not... He's, he's not getting it in your books? Oh, he's in my okay. books. He's in my... He's absolutely a nominee for me. But... I'm not saying for the record that I think that he is not going to be the most valuable player of this rookie class. I think that he will eventually be the best, yes. But I think that there are a couple guys who have had comparable years to him. One is Niels Hoaglander, that fucking deep freeze in Vancouver. I love it, man. He, you did you see Lucic tried to hit him and he couldn't deep knock freeze. it. He's built like a deep freeze, man. He looks like he's got old meat in him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got old frozen meat in him. And my second one, and this is a, maybe more of a, a hot statsy take, but Josh Norris has been very good. The scoring hasn't been there, but that guy has had decent scoring, good possession numbers on an atrocious team. Stutzel is great, but he, he's he gotten enough shine in this podcast so far. He's gotten run over. Okay. He's going to be better than Hoaglander and Norris, but if we're just talking about this year, those guys are a bit older, a bit more developed. And a, uh, a couple other guys who I think deserve love. Don't think they deserve any fictional trophies by any means. Uh, Romanov, Montreal. Oh, yeah. He's been real good. Yeah. He's been reliable, and that's, that's like, they don't usually give the Calder to just steady Eddie defensemen, like fellas that aren't flashy. They're, they're just kind of back there to, what is he, like 18? 
I don't know, but he he's like if he is eighteen, he's a Mark Stone eighteen. I remember watching Mark Stone in the World Juniors, and he was like, "This guy's thirty eight years correct. old. What the fuck is he doing here?" Oh, was that Russian guy that, that like they were they were saying he was like twenty one during the draft? Oh, Gregorenko yeah, yeah. Gregorenko. Oh, he's back now, like, and he's yeah, younger than he was before. <laughs> uh, I think Elliot Friedman had mentioned like, yeah. People are looking for two pieces of birth proof in the Russian prospect. That's so now. funny. I love that shit. I would. I there's that happens in soccer a lot. Oh, too. does it? Oh, yeah. And because there's people from all over the world, right? So it's yeah. harder to check too. Another guy who deserves a bit of love, lower tier. Uh, and the only reason I'm bringing him up is because Daryl Sutter is scratching him tonight. Yuso uh, Valamaki. Oh, has been wow. very good for Calgary, and he came back from injury. So now let's give it to this award that I made up that I love, because I think it should be. They'll never put it in the NHL, obviously, and frankly, nor should they. But for the sake of our joy, I've created a an award called the Reverse Calder Trophy, and this is the greatest performance by a man who's 35 years old or older. <laughs> Didn't you call it the Balder Trophy? Yes, they yeah. all, yes, that's the, the Balder Trophy. The Balder Trophy is the uh, is the proper name on the award, uh, and uh, I've got some names here. Does anyone spring to mind for you? If it's Canadian Division only, number I one, know who you're going to say. Jason Are you gonna Spezza. Say, yeah, I knew. Yeah, it. of course. I knew you were going to say Jason Spezza. I got to give it to Jason Spezza, too, just because even for this award, he's old. Yeah. You know what I mean? The other guys I have here are uh, Shea Weber, 35, yeah, yeah. just made the cut. Shea Weber just makes In the cut. In his rookie season as a Balder Trophy candidate, <laughs> Shea Weber's had a great uh, start. And this kind of uh, this kind of shocked me. Paul Statsny's had a good year. He's 36. Oh, wow. How old's Blake Wheeler? Blake Wheeler's like 38 or something. Okay, Blake Wheeler probably wins this every year. He's got the weirdest career trajectory ever. Oh, no, I had him in this. I looked Did him up. Okay. He's not there. There's rumors actually that he's uh, his uh, nephew is Mikhail Grigorenko. Not sure if that's true. <laughs> no, Grigorenko's sure his true uncle. You know what though? Corey Perry is another guy who's having a uh, shockingly good. He's he's producing at a forty point pace with good possession numbers. Corey Perry ain't young either. And if he was in Toronto, we would be all over yeah, this. He's, Don't he, pretend we would. He wouldn't. is being protected a little bit though. Like he's so Jason Spezza. He's playing eight minutes a night yeah, exclusively in the other team's crease. Perry's in and out of the lineup. They're resting him. One sure. of my favorite Corey Perry stories. I love how seriously, by the way, and I will let you tell this story, but you're like, the integrity of this trophy is very important, and they are resting Corey <laughs> Perry's old ass, so he is not a real candidate. Yeah, oh, it's part of part of the Balders being a Balder and an Ironman streak at the same time. That's true. If you're a Balder candidate, you got to be out there playing all 80 games or whatever games they're going to let you play. Yeah. What was your story about Corey Perry? So Corey Perry, anytime he goes through like a slump, he takes the stick that he's going to play with, puts it in a trash can in the middle of the room, and gets all of the guys to throw their like discarded tape and spit on it and all this stuff. Then he fetches that stick out of the trash can that's covered in grime and plays with it because he no. figures that's going to get him to score a dirty goal. That's how Daryl Sutter coaches, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let me let me read you another tweet. This is from a guy from a great a name that you, I think you're going to really like. Bearsen underscore goal is this guy on Twitter. I, I he's a good him. follow. Yeah, he's a great follow. I'm going to give you some names: Dylan Larkin, Jamie Ben, Josh Anderson. If this were Jeopardy, the answer to this question would be: Who are players who Jason Spezza has more points than? Wow. And you know what? I'm going to make the case that Jason Spezza deserves a little bit more time on ice. You know what? I, I've got a take on this. 
I like how Jason Spezza is being used in that 8 to maximum 11 minute window. Because if he comes out of it, somebody else has to go into that window. And Spezza's the only guy I can think of in our bottom six who his game starts right at the 0001 second mark. And his game finishes, he'll play right up until the 1959 second mark. So if you put someone else like an Engvall or a McKay or something like that, they've kind of got to get up to speed before they're really honed in on the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spezza uses every one of those 8 to 11 minutes. Like, he steps on the ice, he's ready to go. Yeah, but you don't think if you gave him four more, he would... I, I think if you gave him four more... And Toronto needs help in the top six. Yeah, I, I just all I'm all I'm thinking is the balance of that line works. Somebody else going down there's going to throw it all off completely, and they're not going to be they're going to spend their time getting kind of warmed up. Whereas Jason Spezza knows he, he knows how to play in that role. He's confirmed he knows how to make the most. Jason Spezza knows how to play in every role. Though. Well, and that, that's well. I didn't think like I would be talking, especially like in his prime. Oh, neither did I. I didn't think I'd be, I, he would turn into a Swiss Army knife player. Like he's a Swiss Army knife player. He's, yeah, it's, he's a uh, joy. Yeah, it's incredible. I I don't mess with success because uh, in my world, success is rare. So I don't yeah, mess yeah, with. As it. we said, yeah. And uh, I I just I, I keep him. I keep on exactly par for the course. If something does happen, and say. We're thinner at a forward group. We're down a man. Then you kind of move him up, perhaps. But right now, when we've got, you know, the lineup is the lineup and Wayne Simmons just came back and all that stuff, I leave it alone. Okay. And and leaving it alone means leaving out Alex Galchenyuk. What's your thoughts on Alex Galchenyuk? This is unbelievable. Like, the fact that the Sens didn't find a place for him, I get the Hurricanes, but he has looked good. Let me pull up some, some... Galchenyuk numbers here because I I was going to so uh, I mean pretty small sample size obviously but it looks like he's got a low PDO so this is not an element of luck he's got three points of four games 60% Corsi 72% expected goals that is wild how much of this do you think is Alex Galchenyuk went to he bounced around so he got traded part of the Kessel deal then he got traded part of the Minnesota Zucker deal then he found himself looking for a job and he went to the Sens how much of it is he a player that kind of can't find a gear when you're playing on a team where quite literally it's misery like the 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 fan base has referred to themselves as sickos so I don't think he was going to find a gear there and then of course like you're 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 traded uh, and the team that trades for you is like, look, don't even come down. We're moving you again. Don't even cross the border because that's going to make you harder to move. Oh, yeah, it's hard, man. So, so I, I think it's, I don't know, because like, I'm not going to be, oh, I've, you know, we all believed in Alex Galchenyuk all did, along. Yeah. Did you really? I, I don't know. I've seen him play too much. I've I've seen him play in the Bell Center. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I've seen him play like in person. Uh, and uh, like, you could tell it's like, all right, he's he's doing a flyby, like he's doing a you know. Sure, but he also has a he has talent, and that he is does. rare. And he I does. think that's like, and I do I think he's going to live up to being a, a third overall pick. Not a chance in hell. But I talked about this before. This is one of my weird little crackpot theories. Guys who get drafted early, 
people can accept them for not being franchise guys and will not be excited about them being useful pieces, which I think he is. I think he's fit beautifully on that line. I think he's fit beautifully too. I like I I can't wait to watch how, first, how this goes. His like, first game he threw three hits. And like all I could think about is like all these people who've been complaining about there's there's no physicality on that second line without Simmons there. Mm-hmm. And his first game he threw three hits. And I'm like, and like, of course, Tavares is the captain. They're going to credit him with a hit or two here and there and all that stuff. But like, they were, they were hits. Oh yeah, they, they were like, they, like Alex Kelchenyuk was out there throwing actual hits. And he knows like, he's at the end of his. Well, and, and that's what I think it is. Like, I think this is like, and, and it's also, nice to see a man playing with a bit of desperation. I'm rooting for him. It's nice. To, yeah, it's like he's, right now, personally, his life, he's probably. Under an unbelievable amount of stress, but oh, let's hopefully oh, that's he channels. so true. I'd yeah, be like, so stressed. Let's, let's hopefully he channel, channels I, that. Properly. I respect a guy who kind of does channel that. I don't know if I'm that man personally, yeah, no, but no, no, no. I've been enjoying watching it. And I'll say another thing real quick about Galchenyuk is that I don't think if you look at guys when they get traded, it takes a while to settle in. That man hasn't unpacked a suitcase in a year. So I think the way that the Leafs handled him, they let him get his confidence with the Marlies. He was so pissed off. He was fighting guys. Brilliant. That's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. So actually, now that we're on the Leafs, I'm already, I'm going to not, uh, I'm going to, uh, I was going to go to the Jets next, but since we're already here, Mm -hmm. I think we should just hammer out a little bit more of the Leafs stuff because uh, now I'm pretty sure you fell asleep during the Leafs Oilers game, right? This is what you missed, let me tell you. I'm sure you watched the game and the highlights after. But you know when the Leafs, the like the Leafs a couple years ago, they'd be up 3-1. to one, You'd be like, this means nothing to me. <laughs> it was so nice to see the other side of it. You just knew they were going to fight through it. It was, it, was, it was the best hockey game I've watched this year. It was so exciting. It's, uh, what's unfortunate is I didn't even fall asleep before the third period started. I watched like eight. And change of the third period, and I remember John Tavares hitting the post, yeah. and I was like, "All right." I was on the couch dozing off, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna flick this off and turn it on when I get upstairs." And I drag my sleepy self to bed, and just for whatever reason, my center ice app and my TV, I've got to log in every time, so I'm like doing the thing with the clicker on the remote, and I've got a long password, and it didn't work for me twice, and I was like. It was eight minutes left when I came upstairs, probably fucking over now, and I just went to bed. And I started my day the next day. Like, I got out. I just kind of assumed, like, okay, well, they they probably pulled the the goalie and there's an empty netter and it's probably a 4-1. Like, I started my day the next day. I got up. I stretched to go for a run. I ate a banana. And as I'm walking out the door, I look at my phone and I saw the score was 4 at 3 in overtime. And I was like, whoa, they came back with eight minutes. Are you excited? Yeah. I got your potassium up too from that banana. I immediately watched the the (laughs) third period. Uh, Justin Hall got absolutely turned by Connor McDavid, which is no shame. Everybody does. The best in the world have been turned by Connor McDavid and will again. But this gives me a little window to open up. Justin Hall, 69% expected goals versus Connor McDavid. That's insane. It is insane. I don't know how real it is, but like, it's the Justin Hall Connor McDavid situation is worth monitoring. We're about to watch uh, Leafs Oilers again, and I say just because I said that, he gets ripped up for three. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I didn't say this when we were talking about the Vesnas, and I've literally, this is something that I've meant to say every week, and I never do. Mike Smith, man. He is oh, yeah. turning back the yeah. clock. He's had a great year. 
Mike Smith bothers me on a molecular level. Oh, I, he, he interrupts I my cell division, Matt. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. My mitochondria is off with Mike Smith. And it's all because of the diving around I can tell someone was does. off of you. I thought you were eating too many bananas or something. It's all about how he dives around and he wears his helmet loose so if someone breathes on him, he's flicking the head off and like all that stuff. Yeah. It makes me want to see someone like Lucic just do the Lucic thing on him. I mean, I think he once. has at one point. Mike Smith will take, like, he's the kind of guy, he'll take anything, any little greasy advantage he can find oh he's going for. God. He flops, he will fling he's, a helmet off. Look at that. He's like that dude in the movie Major League that's got all the condiments. You ever see that? I have he's actually the, not seen he's that. He's the pitcher, and he's like, he's in the clubhouse, and it's like, what the hell's that on your chest? He's like, that Vaseline gives me a few extra drops on my curveball. That's like Mike Smith to me. Like, yeah. I'm pleased. I, I I didn't think I was going to understand that analogy because I've not seen that movie. Yeah, but no, uh, no. you did a bang you did a bang up job there. Speaking of doing a bang up job, Jack Campbell. Since we're talking about goalies. Oh yeah. In his career as an NHL goalie, this is from uh, James Myrtle, enemy of the pod. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, Jack Campbell has a 919 save percentage as an NHL goalie, and there's only, with a minimum of 50 starts, there are six goalies who have a better save percentage than him in the entire league. Do I think he's that good? Yes. Wow. <laughs> no, you I don't know, know but like maybe. The the one thing I did notice, uh, even like in a, a weary, sleepy state watching that game, and I sent the text to my brother, seeing Jack Campbell in the net kind of like, he's like, uh, he's, he's a little unorthodox, he's a little strange, you don't really know... But he gets it done. Like he's he got money know. in his skates. What? He's got money in his money skates. Money in skates? I've never heard of that one. Oh, he probably put it there. Oh. But anyway, like, it reminds me of when the Leafs had, like, Cujo, who was, like, a smaller guy. And I, I'm not going to say, like, oh, he's a dynasty goalie like Cujo was for the Leafs. All I'm going to say is, like, he just looks a little weird in the net, but he battles and fights his way through oh, saves. And he fights, like, the one thing I always remember Curtis Joseph is, like, He'll fight a save that you're like, how the fuck did he stop that? Yeah. And you you look at like his body kind of being hurled around back there, especially with Cujo because he was a smaller guy. And seeing that kind of keeps the Leafs into it because he gives up one more in that third period. And Edmonton only had like five shots, I think, in the third. Like the Leafs' possession in the third was just out of this world. Like they just had to puck the whole thing. But those three or three to five shots that they had were all unbelievable scoring chances. Like each each time was like, oh well, here it is. And then Jack Campbell gets a toe on it, or like it hits the butt of his stick somehow, or right. you know, like stuff like that. So every week we take a look at the odds of who's going to make the playoffs. The biggest jump this year, or sorry, this week will not surprise you. The Winnipeg Jets last week they were at a sixty nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Nice. <laughs> Up to 91 this time. Wow. Up to 91. They had a huge week. Uh, they beat the Canucks in two games, a combined score of 9-1. to one, uh, And then they split a series with the Flames, who we'll get to in a much less pleasant way pretty <laughs> shortly. But what do you think about the Jets? If they add a D... That's who I want to play the least. If, if uh, yeah, that's a good call. As an NHL, hockey if player. there is a buyer, uh, if there is like a big buyer in uh, in 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 the Canadian division, 
I think it's going to be the Jets, or uh, I'll never count out Mark Bergevin because he's Mark Bergevin. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think the like, there's a lot of talk about Ekholm moving from Nashville. If it, 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 yeah, if if he goes anywhere, I think Winnipeg will pay whatever they want. Like it'll be like, okay, what do you want? Because this is probably the closest, like the opportunity for them to make the final four. You're playing within the Canadian division. You've got arguably the best goalie in that division right now, and I don't think that's a hot take at all. Like I think they've got the best goalie with heads and tails. So if it means an overpay in terms of like a first and a prospect or something like that, I think they're going to pay it to get Ekholm. I think they might pick up two defensemen. I think that's what they're after. I, I think, think they should because I think that's the difference between them being a team who has a shot and them being a team who yeah. looks like a contender. Well, I think if they pick up two defensemen, they are the contender. They are like capital C contender. Well, they made trades. Like Chevrolet have always used to be the guy who never made a trade, but that has changed. And Patrick Liney, I don't know if you've uh, had a look at what's going on in Columbus, one goal in 15 games. That is unbelievable. I'm going to blame... Well, are we going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets? No. Okay. All right. No, no fuck them. Stricken from the record. <laughs> Stricken from the record. I mean, unless you got something you're really... But you know no, what? No, no, no. no. Check, uh, you, you can find it on my Twitter at any hour of the day. <laughs> Andrew Kopp. Oh, yeah. Four goal game last week. That's fine. With an absolute terrible Corsi. Everything he was touching went in the net. He's like, this is like, this is such a prime argument for people who hate any type of stats that's not plus minus. This is exactly what I think they would go to because by all conventional wisdom, that dude had a bad game. That guy ripped in four goals. They they find one anomaly like that like a year in the NHL. It's like, you think Corsi's so great? Explain Andrew Kopp on February 22nd. I mean, it's a random game. We were talking about this in the groove chat because I call a hockey, sometimes I call it knife boot rubber flinging because it's a random game. You're pl- If you played, of course it's you know random. You just got that? Knife boot rubber flinging. I literally just got I mean, the it's knife pretty intellectual. Boot That's not to be ashamed of. <laughs> it's, but this is, this is my point. It's, the randomness in hockey is out of control, and it always would be, and so would any other sport. Like, if you took basketball and you strapped skates on people, it would not be as reliable as you watched that. Also, people would fucking die. <laughs> one, of, one of the, like, one of the craziest things about hockey, too, that people kind of forget is, like, the boards bounce differently. Like, there are people that are literally missing the net on purpose to get a bounce off a... So like, off a part of the board. Yeah, that's a, that's a good strategy. That's chaos. Yeah, that, that is, is chaos. like, so chaotic. Busy week for the Habs. Yeah. Cole Caulfield has signed. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to burn a year of CELC because he's already 20. Uh, but I think the thing about Montreal, we've talked about this before, they're having that weird balance where they are both trying to uh re- not rebuild but they're trying to raise <laughs> some some children <laughs> try to get the, those guys going while you're in you know your core which i mean is like weber price is kind of slowly falling off it's a delicate balance and it's kind of exciting to watch but they got a lot younger this week because they added eric stall I don't know if that's a lot younger, dude. I think it's a lot older. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm I think he's like, a late uh, contestant for the Balder Trophy. <laughs> See? Yeah, he's got to be over 35. He might be. He might I think be. Eric Stahl, I think Eric Stahl won a cup when I was in high school. <laughs> so that's like... 
That's going back, man. As a child. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. yeah, he was he was like a rookie or something. Him and a young Cam man. Ward. Yeah. He's, he's 36. Oh, so yeah. 36. That said, for a third and a fifth, I love that trade. Oh, I'm just so jealous. He was one, He was on my list. Like, I think we talked about uh, him getting added to the Leafs. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just... There's something about a guy who can play center, but you put him on the wing and he can kill penalties that I think Toronto needs. That's... I think anything, I agree with you about Toronto for what it's worth, but I think for any team, anyone who you can get, a third round pick is the line. You know, like a second, you know, sometimes you trade a second, you're like, oh, Jesus. Like we traded a second for uh, Placanich at one point, and it was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. But if it's a third, I'll throw a third at anything. We traded a second for Placanich, so I can see a picture of Placanich wearing a Leafs jersey. 30 years from now and it will it will shock me because it was so brief and it will just it will be one of those things it's like oh it's like seeing Bobby Orr in the Blackhawks jersey oh disgusting yeah, it's like, it's, a hat. yeah exactly that's the only and to me should have never happened to, to me that second round choice is worth it for when I'm like 57 and I yeah. see that image and I get a uh, like an oogly boogly jolt <laughs> I mean, that's that's it that's that second round pick is worth it to me. I mean, I don't think so. That's, That's disgusting. Laser me. precision goatee of his. But I think for every single year, there's someone of use you can get for a, like a third and a fifth. And yeah. I think it's always that a good is... move. You rarely get burned on a third rounder. Now that said, like if I'm someone like Ottawa or Vancouver and I can get an extra third round pick, I, I for somehow both those things make sense to me. Because it's just like, you know what, buy a couple extra tickets. Maybe one of these kids you get is good. I like that trade for them. Bergevin was like, do you remember they were like, oh, I can't do anything. I don't have cap space. And then obviously he makes a trade right away. And now he's like, I'm done. Why does anyone trust a GM who literally walked down a fucking hallway with a plant in front of his face? Why would anyone trust a man who would do something cartoonishly villainous? He's the wink He's the wink meme. You know I love that it. meme that's going around? It's just like... The big overt wink. That's oh, part, that's yeah, from WandaVision. The, yeah, he's, he's I, did the, you watch it? It's pretty good. What is it? WandaVision. No, that's Dis- what that's from. Disney Catherine has Hunt? been unbelievable. Disney has been emailing me. She's worth this every time. day. Is that and, true? Oh yeah, they're like, why haven't you checked out WandaVision? Disney emails me on that, and Thirsty. Crave, yeah, Crave emails me about a QAnon documentary like every week, and I'm like, I'll watch WandaVision before that. Before QAnon. Well, oh, that's the bar right there. Yeah, so I'll watch WandaVision before that. Like, Speaking of Crave, Grand Case Special is worth, yeah, uh, worth watching. Go. Montreal has a little COVID outbreak right now. And this is, I'm going to be delicate with how I word this because I hope whoever is, uh, I hope everyone is healthy and everyone recovers and all that stuff, of course. But I will say, not COVID specifically, but if you were to miss a chunk of games, mm-hmm. nice time to do it. Tyler, Tyler Toffoli is, uh, Supposed to be injured right now. He's getting some rest. You get stall over, and then all of a sudden you're quarantine ready to go. Quarantine is yeah. The quarantine yeah. is. They got that is, seven day quarantine. Yeah. Now so he's uh, he's going to get through workers. that quicker. Yeah. So I I I I just hope everyone's okay. I know the two names. I think they limited to two names on the list. So every day at seven, the NHL releases its COVID impact list, and I think it was Yoel Armia and uh, Kakaniemi were the yeah. only two names that got added to it. So that means. Hopefully, I know there's a lot of testing and stuff. They're probably not going to be in action until the month of April. Montreal? Yeah. So, okay, you 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 mentioned this to me. Uh, I did not hear this personally, but I do believe you because I think you're a trustworthy young man. You told me that you heard somewhere that Vancouver's not interested in being a seller. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that changed Why in the span of... Why not? I, 
because Jim Benning needs to keep his job. He can't concede. Like, he can't. Uh, and I've, I mean, I've, his team is conceding for yeah, him. Yeah, and they I had a twelve percent odds did, last week. They ate shit all week. I did mention that like early in the week last week. Uh, they had talked about it on Hockey Central yeah. that he was not. I think that the team has kind of made up his mind because they would have played five games since then. However, though, in Elliot Friedman's thirty-one thoughts uh, to <laughs> today, uh, it brings up that teams have been asking about Travis Hamanick who, again, I would like to add a depth defenseman. He's a great piece. Uh, if the Leafs Hang on, we can't it. bring everything back to the Leafs. We'll stand okay. the facts here. All right, all right. But uh, he's, he said... The uh, Jets might like a little... The Jets might like Travis Hammonick as well. Travis is wearing, literally wearing a Leafs jersey <laughs> right now. We're trying our goddamn best to make this a Canadian <laughs> Division podcast. And uh, any, anyhow, they're, they're not selling them. They're not selling them. They've gotten calls on, I think, Tanner Pearson, and they're not selling him off either. So I'm like... Okay, besides Jake Furtanen, who are you possibly going to trade? Yeah, what are you going to get for Jake Furtanen? Let me throw out a hypothetical Jake Furtanen trade. All right. Jake Furtanen for Sam Bennett. Ooh, damaged goods for damaged goods. Yeah, dude. People who like running into each other. It works. uh, uh, Wasn't there like a James Neal trade like that that worked out for everybody involved once? Well, yeah. Patrick Horton was for James Neal. I'm like... Oh, I thought you were talking about Neal for Lutis. No, uh, no. Patrick Hornquist for James Neal, and then Patrick Hornquist went to win like two cups for the Penguins, and James Neal went to play in the finals and lose a cup to the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, I, if I'm Vancouver, I don't get me wrong, I'm not selling core pieces, and if people are signed beyond this year, but like, okay, so here are guys who are expiring as of next year. Brandon Sutter, Jimmy VC. God damn it! Even when I'm trying to not go leaps, he's still there. Uh, and then you got Edler, you got Jordy Ben, you got Hamannick. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone's buying on these guys. Brandon Sutter's got to be in the bald bald turf, and me, he's got to be like 35. He's a 33 year old man. Oh wow! And he's oh, actually he's had Lord. a pretty good year. He's had a. I mean, he's not been great, but he's been he's been a sir. And you know what? Every single year, Charles, there's always like somebody is like this guy's old, and he hits, and he stands in front of the net. Those guys will fetch the classic package of a third and a fifth. Yeah, that is. And I don't care what you're getting. If I'm Vancouver, I'm those guys. Because here's another thing with Vancouver right now, in my opinion. You have youth there who's waiting. If, if, if my season's over, this is what I'm doing. I'm flipping everyone who is not nailed down. <laughs> and I'm bringing in the kids yeah. to see who's ready next year. I... Because they got guys, they got only, like, only your levy. Has uh, I was reading an article uh, about the Canucks. Uh, Thomas Drantz wrote it. I want to make sure I give credit to this uh, correctly. So please, yes, uh, Herman Dial and uh, Thomas Drantz wrote this. But yeah, they were looking, and uh, Yolami hasn't played in about a month. He's a former fourth round pick. He's coming off an injury. I'm not saying he's a gimme prospect. He's certainly a big question mark at this point. But if you're not winning anyway, flip Jordy Ben. Flip Hamannick, see what you got. See what see what Jack Rathbone can do. That's a great name. Come on, get your love now. <laughs> oh, that's Redbone. That's, that's Redbone. Red <laughs> uh, the thing on that though, like the, here, here's here's the the asterisk on all that is, if you start selling those those pieces that you brought in yourself, like those were your signings, and you were telling the owners that like, yeah, no, we got to pay for this guy, we got to bring this guy in when you're the Jim Benning. You start shipping them out for assets. Yeah, it's asset management and all that stuff. But is it going to cost you your job? 
Very well, and that's an excellent point. And yes. let me let me let me throw something. Oh, sorry, I interrupt you. Go it's, ahead. Yeah, it's kind of like if you're using Internet Explorer to install Google Chrome. It's like dig your own grave. Mm-hmm. Like if you're Jim Benning, it's like yes, I will take Jake for Tannen for a, a fifth or like whatever you're going to give me. He can't. He can sell them. He just can't sell low. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, selling Bennett, low, though, is getting nothing for yeah. it. Sam, Sam Bennett is a smart. Jake Fortaner for Sam Bennett kind of. Uh, I mean, neither of them are really working right now. So maybe Jake both of Sabre. them. Yeah. I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, okay, but this is, this is if I'm back to your point, because I do think it's a good one. Hmm. Because, yes, I think that in terms of Jim Benning's vantage point, definitely. But Jim, general managers come and go. If I'm the owner of a franchise... And whether I hire or fire my GM is based on what they do for the rest of the year and you're at the trade deadline. Either you know now this is your guy or he isn't. And if that's the case, I'm firing my GM now. I'm letting a new guy come in, flip a bunch of pieces, and rather than they always do it after the trade deadline. They should do it before. Let another guy clean house. If you're going to have guys who are like, oh, no, I'm going to hang out at these assets to see them. No, do it. Get it done. Put him out of his misery. Let some guy come in and coldly flip all these guys. Your season's over. Patterson's hurt. You're gonna get mad at me for doing this. I can't wait. But <laughs> the last time that I, the last time I can think about that happening of being like, all right, a few weeks or a month or so before the deadline, they fire their GM and they bring in an interim. It was when the Leafs brought in interim GM Cliff Fletcher. And he sold. He made some of the worst trades. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, that's why you don't do it. He brought in. They brought in. Cliff okay, no, Fletcher. that's not why you don't do it. You can't just say that's not why you don't do it because the Leafs brought back a hundred and seventy-year-old man for the second time. Who are they going to get? Like in, in the COVID world right now, who are they going to get? The, the Vancouver man? Canucks. Yeah, Mike Gillis again. I don't care. I, I bring in anyone. I'm flipping everybody. I'm starting fresh again next year. Your season's over. Get a look at the kids. You get an extra jump. You can scout your own players. See who looks like they're ready. Try again next year. It is over for the Canucks. How much did that Roberto trade ruin that franchise? Like just. Just like left it in, in a a burned down charred, like they did not win that trade. He handcuffed them, like he totally handcuffed them. Like what was it? I don't remember the Luongo trade offhand. I think Jacob Markstrom was the centerpiece of it, and he, he you know, I mean, he did well. He did well, but there was but nothing. He, he took a long time too. But but it was kind of the thing. Like I'll, it's they sat him out for an outdoor game, which and then that was it. He's like. He told him, yeah, trade me. I'm not playing anymore. Trade me now. Trade me to Florida, period. And they phoned Florida, and Florida's like, you can have some scraps. You can have some table scraps. This is who Vancouver got. I cannot believe this. This is fucking bringing it back to the Leafs again. Jacob Markstrom and Sean Matthias, who was another guy who the Leafs got, and they flipped him for a fourth, and they moved on. Oh, That was it? Jacob Marshall with Sean Mathias? Yeah, for Roberto Luongo. Don't forget, this is 2014, right? So this is like, put in your head, like, Markstrom isn't who he is now. No, he's Actually, two years you know what? Markstrom is a good goal. He is. He is uh, a good goal. And we'll get to Calgary pretty shortly. And Mathias was at that point a, like, kind of maybe type of prospect. So it, don't get me wrong, that's a bad trade. I think they've made bigger mistakes uh, since then. And I mean, I, I, I've heard some shit I don't know well enough to say about it, but about the ownership. In Vancouver, that is not pretty. 
They came out and gave a vote of confidence to Jim Benning after uh, Tyler Toffoli did his absolute best to get Jim Benning fired early in the year. Oh, it's just like, hat trick, hat trick, hat trick. And it's like, I've got all the confidence in the world in my GM. He doesn't play goal. And uh, maybe he should stop playing the guy he paid for this summer. I mean, Vancouver's goalie troubles are not uh, net, though. No, they're they're, they're, they're you know, well, Demko's been great. Although you know, Braden Holby has uh, yeah. sucked. They played and those Montreal games, they played Holby a fair bit. Like Toffoli. Was well, they were splitting starts in the beginning, yeah. but Demko was bad then too, right? Demko took a while to get going. I will say this though, talking more about young guys, yeah. Mikey DiPietro is on the taxi squad. He is a. I mean, he. You can ask people. Uh, people have split opinions, but he was a. He was a pretty highly talented prospect at one point. He hasn't had a game all year. Oh. Or, I mean, if not that, it's been in, like, 30 games. If That's what I'm saying. Put Holpe in the press box for a game. If the season's over. Start looking at your youth. That's what I think. Let's go to the Flames before we get going because I think that they have done a worse job. And we have about five minutes left, so let's let's just crush. Well, we won't crush anything. But uh, So, yeah, flame, we said the Flames last week. They said this is a do or die for the Flames. They are, and uh, Montreal didn't even play. Yeah. And the Flames didn't make up any ground. They went one and three. They got thumped by the Sands twice. It was hilarious. I mean, it wasn't hilarious. I felt bad. Actually, I don't feel bad. I just feel bad. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's because if somebody else, if there's a Flames fan listening to this, I feel like I'm being insensitive to their plights. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've been through some shit. Yeah. I, 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 losing to the Sands, I know that frustration. I know that. It, it's, it's a frustrating one. Um, they signed that coach for three years. This is not an Daryl Sutter's three yeah, years. We're doing is, three years of Daryl Sutter. This is not an interim move. He this already is, looks like an enormous mistake, in my opinion. And uh, well, what's going to happen is they're going to move out the pieces and and bring in Sutter pieces to play a different like the, bringing in Daryl Sutter is bringing in a rebuild or a retool. We'll call it. I guess it won't be a rebuild in in Calgary. That's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point in my mind because it's a three year deal. But the quote that he laid down heading oh, into God. the weekend. Which on, one? There's two. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, the, my favorite one I'll go with, and you can pick up the, the one I miss out, I guess. Sure. So Johnny Goudreau played his 500th game over this weekend, and they asked Terrell Sutter about it. It's like, yeah, Johnny Goudreau is playing his 500th game. And Sutter's like, hope it's a lot better than his 499th yeah. game. What? Like, like, what a... Like, well, how do you do that? It's like, it's one of those things... I think people think when you when you are coaching a hockey team, yeah. your job is to make everyone on the team better. And people respond to things differently. And Daryl Sutter, right to me, to me right now, looks like a guy whose only tool in the box is a hammer. <laughs> That's a good way. Of you know, it. some guys need a screwdriver. You know what I mean? You got to get in there and figure it out. What are you doing? Johnny Goudreau has had a good career. He has not been amazing yeah. by any means. But, like, show a bit of respect for a guy on his 500th game. It's not even the bit of respect thing. It's like, every time I hear people who have, have retired from hockey, they say, like, the, the next generation coming up, they don't respond to the hammer, if that's your only tool in the toolbox. And yeah. like you said, you need a screwdriver and everything. It's like, you got to find a way to get through to guys differently rather than the screaming and shouting and all this stuff. But not only that, he just took... Johnny Gaudreau and put a target on everything he's going to do that night. Before he fucking steps foot on the ice, in the middle of the afternoon when they're talking to him, he just takes everything that Gaudreau does, good or bad, and puts it under a microscope for that night. And how do you think slumps and stuff start? 
like I understand yeah. 20 years ago people were talking about like always oh, trying to light a fire under him but if you're a coach in the NHL in the salary cap era you got to be more of a people manager because you've got to get peak performance out of each and every one of your guys that you're paying for because you're at a ceiling if you are devaluing a guy making three million that he's playing to a guy that's making nine hundred K, you better have a guy making nine hundred K that you're value upping to a three million dollar plus player. Which is very it's harder to do the nine hundred dollar K one coming up than devaluing a three hundred dollar asset. Yeah. You're not gonna change you're not gonna change Johnny Goodrow into Ryan O'Reilly just because you're mean to him. Exactly. It's not how it works. No, exactly. So you got to, and like you said, the younger generation, you got to be able to reach those guys, and it's differently. Here's my idea: Daryl Sitter TikTok account. So he puts up all his questions. He puts on one of the, you know, that song is like, oh no, oh no. Oh. So he's doing that, and meanwhile, he's pointing at flaws that he sees in Johnny Goodrow's game. That's what I think the the Calgary Flames should do. You know, it's funny that that's a joke, but if it were to happen at least once, like if it's like All-Star Weekend or something and they break out the coach's TikTok for a gag, that would be everywhere for like a week. People would like it. The people would love it. Mark my words, Calgary makes an enormous mistake at the trade deadline. <laughs> Mark my words. All right. I think, and you know what, why don't we end it? Oh, the other quote, I will just say. Yeah, let's. The first period, it was just so blunt. This one's kind of funny. I thought the Johnny Goodrow, I was like, what are you doing? This one here was kind of funny. He was like, what What happened in, in the game? And he said, in the first period, they played like a bunch of dopes. Or they played really dopey or something. I I don't know. He's. I thought it was like when they when they announced him, it was like Daryl Sutter's the coach. I was like, okay, well, they're giving up on the year. They're burning down the year. That's fine. They're bringing in a guy that they know and can trust, I guess. Then when they announced it was a three-year deal, I was like, oh boy, Calgary fans, I'm sorry. Like, it's you're, getting worse. Well, I, I don't think it's getting worse. I think there's going to be a lot of turnover. I think you, you might see a guy like, maybe not in the season, but in the draft floor, you might see a guy like a Goudreau or a, a Andrew Mangiapane traded just because they're going to want someone like, I don't know, Dustin Brown. Like someone who plays Sutter hockey. Okay, so... Our producer just put this in the Google chat as I'm reading it. Here's the direct quote. We had some real dopey hockey players in the first period. It cost us the hockey game. I love how he doubles down on the hockey game. Like it, yeah. He doesn't say it cost us the game. It cost us the hockey game. I don't know. Daryl Sutter has had a great career. I don't know if he's a fit for this Flames team. And like I said, I bet it's Goudreau gets traded for something that uh, I'm not saying that he has he is he is an undeniably imperfect player, but I bet whatever he brings back is going to be very underwhelming. And all of a sudden, even if the Flames do get good again, you're always hoping for a guy who can do shit like that for six million bucks. It's a it's a great contract. And and look, one of my favorite coaches of all time, like I've read books about the guy, I can't get enough of him, is Pat Burns. Yeah. Would I want Pat Burns coaching in this era of the NHL? No, I wouldn't, because it doesn't work now. It just doesn't. I Would I want to be driving around in a 1993 Pontiac Silverbird? Not ideally. If I, I want that to. for you. You want that for me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, here I comes know. Charles coming to do the pod in his 93 Silverbird. I think you're over us. I don't even think the Silverbird's a car, by the way. <laughs> I don't know shit about cars. Yeah, I, I, called, I, I, called Johnny, I called Joey Decor Johnny De Corolla last week. So let's not even think for a goddamn minute that uh, 
I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and on that confident note, let's shut this down. Thank you very, very much for listening. We are Canadian Puxedo. Charles Pickett on Twitter, at Smokes Indoors. On Instagram, at Smokes Indoors. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Matt Wright Comic. You can find Daryl Sutter on TikTok, at Daryl the Dude 46 and if you want to watch Graham K's comedy special, which you do, you can see that on YouTube or you can find it on Crave. And uh, thanks to Graham for coming on. Thanks to our producer. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next week to take a look at what may or may not happen during the trade deadline. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. This, the next week's going to be our trade deadline show, isn't it? It's going to be our trade deadline Ooh. preview show. Oh, okay. What, what is the deadline? So this is what I was thinking about doing. I, I don't know if you think this is interesting, but we, go, we, we do, do a live thing. stream all 24 hours during deadline. No, trip. I was thinking we would review all the Canadian GMs, what they did in the past, and what we think they need to do in the next week. Oh, yeah. I really hope somewhere that Kevin Cheveldayoff is listening to what I think he needs to do. Charles, you just did your sexy voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin Chivel day off. Thank you, everybody.